Hi everyone, welcome to They Had Fun. I'm Rachel and I am back with another amazing story about New York City. We have only been away for two weeks, but for some reason it just feels so long. I've been so excited to bring out a new episode to get back out here and giving you guys some recommendations to be talking to you guys. Uh, It just feels like a long time when we don't have an episode for two weeks. So, of course, now that we're back, I have to start with everyone's favorite, except for my sister, as we all know, Rachel's Rex. And I thought it very important to change up one of my Rachel's Rex. And that is because, you know, it's my duty to be bringing you these, right? Like, I genuinely care about New York. I love New York. I want you guys to go out and explore these places. So when the time came for me to go get one of my beloved chair massages and I saw that Rehoboth Nail Salon on University and 13th was closed. I was gutted. I I mean, I was so upset. It was just classic New York fashion. Something you love is always taken away from you. And I was like, what the fuck? Where am I going to go to get my new chair massages? I get like one every other week or something like that. Like I've said, we're stressed New Yorkers. We all need this. So one of my new options that I started going to, I got a little tip from a friend a few years ago and I finally decided to go check it out now that my place was closed. And so now I have gone twice. I've sussed out the sitch. I have a brand new chair massage (laughs) locale for all of the They Had Fun listeners. I'm not even joking. Like, I genuinely love chair massages. I go all the time. And I have to update you. Like, Rehoboth isn't there. So my new go-to place. Here we go, guys. Chelsea Nails. 6th Avenue and 23rd Street. It's on the second floor, so you have to go up the stairs. But they have these guys working there. They're going to destroy you, okay? And that is that is the point. You know, if you want to, like, come at me and be like, where can I just get one of those little massages where they, like, touch your shoulders and it just feels like a tickle? I got one of those for you. But this is not this, okay? If you want someone to just, like, rip into your skin and all of that jazz, this is it. Chelsea Nails, 6th and 23rd. I'm promising you I've put in the legwork. Don't mess around with getting 10 minutes, okay? If you're going to go to a place like this, you're going to spend your hard-earned money, get at least the 20 minutes, Chelsea Nails, 6th Ave and 23rd Street. It's my go-to spot now, my new one. Maybe you'll run into me there. Okay, my second Rachel's rec came from one of our listeners' requests. I'm seriously loving this. As I have said, if you're not following us on Instagram, they had fun. Very easy to find. And our stories on Fridays, you can go in and request something for me to do on the show during Rachel's Rex. And one of the ones I had recently that I loved was what is your go-to date night spot? And so I had a couple of ideas for everyone, but one that I really wanted to point out that I love so much is... La Condavini Aoli, or La Condavini and Oli, I think is what it is. It's in Clinton Hill. This is the spot. If you want romance, if you want darkness, if you want luscious pastas, if you want cute room and just romance, I'm just telling you this place gives off that vibe. It's like housed in an old school pharmacy. So it's lined with all of these like antique bottles and there's like wine bottles everywhere. And it's, I don't know, the best way to describe it is dark and romantic. The food is delicious. A plus, I would highly recommend it for anyone looking for a date night. This is going to be your place. So Laconda, Vini, and Oli, A Oli. Can anyone who works there give me a heads up on that? Great Italian restaurant in Clinton Hill. I really, really love it. So go check that out. Why not go? That's Hello, that's the date, guys. Go get a chair massage together. Jump on the train and go get dinner. Like, honestly, if you had a date and he suggested that's what he wanted to do, that that's it. It's a perfect match. I think it would be so great. So those are Rachel's recs for this week. Don't forget to look on our Instagram on Friday and send me some of your requests. I would like to be stumped because I know there's something I don't know. Don't ask my husband. He will. <laughs> 
admit to that. But there's probably something I don't know. And I'd love to do the research to try and find the answer. So on Friday, look for our Instagram story. Give us a question and I will give you a Rachel's rec. Okay. I'm so excited to be back. I'm so excited for this guest today. I think you guys are going to love this one. He's incredible. He has worked in the hospitality industry in New York City for a very long time. We're not saying how long, but he has worked at some places that you just wouldn't believe. Shuket, hotspot in Chelsea. Raul's, the institution in Soho. I love it. It's incredible. Used to be there for a very long time. He also worked at a little place you might have heard of, 11 Madison Park. And don't worry, we get into that too. He is currently on at a new role at Charlie Palmer's Steakhouse. Please welcome to the show, Corwin Kilvert. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. And it must be told to all of the audience now how I found you. And in typical Rachel fashion for anyone who has listened to the show, um, I stalked you a bit. And you put this comment in the New York Times. And your fabulous quote was, just because you live in New York doesn't make you a New Yorker. Being a New Yorker takes work. Yeah. And that just hit me right in the heart. I was like, this is one of my guys. This is someone I got to get. And also, I just want to let you know, at the time of screenshotting that, 735 recommendations from New York Times readers. So you sounded like the perfect person to be on the show. And once again, I got you. And I guess I was just wondering a bit about like that quote. Where did where did that come from? That idea that it takes work. It's kind of uh, like something that I aspire to for myself in a lot of ways, you know, because I knew that when I moved to New York, um, having grown up on Long Island, uh, always in the shadow of like the greatest place on earth, that I wanted to make sure I made it count. So what I decided to do was like read The New Yorker, you know, time out New York. And pretty much if they if the New Yorker has a section about it, to me, that's a thing that like defines what a New Yorker is. And then really making time to go out and explore the city to do those things, to develop that, you know, interest. Just because you like live in this environment around you doesn't mean you do all the things that are like associated with New York. You know, it's known for being like this great place where all the cultures come together and there's a K-Town. Well, if you don't go to K-Town, you're not, you're not enjoying <laughs> New York as is. I recommend that to anybody, wherever they go. If you go to Paris, you go to, you know, Istanbul, you go to Hong Kong, do the thing that that place is known for, really immerse yourself in the culture. I think it's such a, first of all, such a New Yorker personality to be like, I'm going to show up and I'm going to do it right. And I'm going to do it all. And like this city attracts those type of people. And I love that pounding the pavement. What are you saying the best? I'm going to do it. You know, I'm sure after a certain amount of time, we all like taper off a little bit. But I think that is one of the greatest things about New Yorkers is they really are out there most of the time doing everything they can afford to do in this city. That oh, way. yeah. And of course, like a, like a typical New Yorker, I have to hop on my soapbox and like tell the world, <laughs> oh, this is how you do it. And I have to do it publicly <laughs> at the New York Times. I'm like, no, no, this is how you really do it. Look, I'm a New Yorker. Watch me. This is how you got to do it. You guys, you're bums. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how all New Yorkers tell everyone exactly how they should be doing something. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, it is something. It's a lesson we all can learn. It's something we've talked about on the show before. If you hear about that opera that's opening up and you're like, man, I've never seen an opera. Go see one. If you're like, I've never had Haitian food, go to the new Haitian restaurant on the Lower East Side. It's all of these things that are offered to us on a silver platter in New York City. I love taking advantage of all of them. And it sounds like you do as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, we could we could talk, you know, about these things and going out and doing everything. But let's get into some of our first round of questions. And the first one is always, when did you move to New York City? So I'd always lived on, on Long Island and then back in 2011, 
is when I came into the city. It was a huge life, huge life change for me. I worked in restaurants out on the island, but I decided, you know, I wanted to be part of something bigger. You know, I wanted to be a very, very little fish in a big pond. And I was like, you know what? I need to rethink life a little bit. So I connected with a friend who I had a lot of respect for in New York City that was in hospitality. And uh, I said, you know, if I wanted to be the best at what I did, where would I go? And he, you know, without missing a beat, said, I love Madison Park. What? Yeah. Yeah. I said, look, you got, if you want to be the best, you should go work with the best team. I mean, yeah, not wrong. Right. Yeah. But wow, what a just gauntlet laid down. Yeah. Like if you want to be the best baseball player and you live in New York City area, where do you go? You go, you know, play for the Yankees, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. And I remember I, I went for an interview and I met with uh, Will Gadara, who at that point wasn't the owner, but was taking over. And I was a little bit older than most people they hire. They hire a lot of kids right out of CIA. And he said, well, you know, how are you going to feel being starting at the beginning? You know, you're not going to be the wine director. You're not going to be the sommelier. You're, you're going to be the kitchen runner. You're going to be running some food. And I said, well, you know, I'm in this to allow the process to change who I am. I've got an opportunity where I can take this step back and really let it affect me. And if I didn't let it affect me, then I would be, I would be missing out on what it could do for me, not just what I could do for it. And that's, that's how it started getting the job and then couch surfing for a little while and then figuring out what type of small little shoebox apartment I was going to rent in, which was in Bushwick. <laughs> I just have to say like, wow, one and two, just so impressed by that fortitude. I'm going to let this change me. I mean, I truly think people work so hard their whole lives to reach that kind of thought process of, okay, what can I learn from this? Who can I become? And not like all ego of like, no, I'm going to come in here and this is what I'm going to do. And I, and to come to New York City with that idealism and that thought process and the, just really the lack of ego is so truly impressive to me. So kudos to you that that's what you came here and like you did it. I don't know. Every time I talk to someone on the show, I'm just like, you fucking did it. So I just get so excited for people and so proud. So I just want to say that. And also, wow. Okay. But we can go back to the apartment in Bushwick. How was that? Uh, that was interesting to say the least. <laughs> I've been couch surfing with one of my buddies for a while, just trying to make it, make it all work because, you know, I didn't really jump in with like a plan. Once I got the job, I was like, all right, this thing is the non-negotiable. I'm going to do everything I can for 11 Madison Park and, and for my job. Wow. So uh, my friend was getting was getting evicted because, of course, he was in a non-section kind of loft area in Bushwick over on uh, the Mesrol stop, which was like a thing back in the day. Or you could find these lofts that were in like commercial spaces. And, and wow, did I have a little shoebox? It was definitely a closet. I didn't have a window. I had a skylight. <laughs> No window. I was on the fourth floor of a two-story duplex that started on the first floor. I had to walk up the stairs, no window, just skylight. Because it was a closet, it was like a little hallway. And then the room got smaller because it sloped in. <laughs> so I didn't even, I didn't have like a bed. I had a, I had my box spring on the floor and then my mattress on the box spring. And if I laid in bed, I had to like tuck myself in where my toes would scrape the ceiling. <laughs> It was, it was wild. New York classics, like first apartment. It's even better. I, I didn't have a, uh, since I didn't have a window, it got a little hot because I was on the top floor, the fourth floor. So uh, it got pretty warm during the summer. I got one of these portable air conditioning units, but I had nowhere to vent it because the skylight was 20 feet up. So there was a cutout into the living room that was like an exposed area. So that's what I did. I got like insulation for piping and I, I hodgepodge my own exhaust and I, I, vented, wow. I vented all that hot air into the living room up in the top. And I was like, all right, guys, you're on your own. 
It was 600 bucks. It was 600 bucks. That's what it is. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was cheap. You can find something for $600 if you're willing to sleep in a non-windowed <laughs> closet with no AC or heat. But that's what, I mean, that's really what it takes sometimes when you're moving to New York and you're just like, I got to do this. This is, this what I think most people around the world who don't have the obsession with New York City that New Yorkers have are like, you guys are nuts, man. Why would you do that? But I mean, to us, it's like, yeah, you got to do what you want to do. You want to be in the greatest city in the world. This is it. Yeah. Oh, totally. I got a buddy. I got a, I got a young friend I'm trying to mentor and he, he wants to move cities. And he's like, oh, would you uh, would you sign for me? Would you be like my co-sponsor? I'm like, no, not a chance. This is how you got to do it. <laughs> room up, you got to get some really small closet. And that's how you're going to suffer for a little while. <laughs> and then you've earned it. That's what <laughs> went right back to the quote. You've earned it. Exactly. It was great for my career in a lot of ways because I, I definitely I had nothing in my apartment. So it's like. I woke up, got ready to go to work, and I went to work, or I at least got out of the apartment. If your apartment isn't very nice, you're out yeah. and you're exploring. Usually our second question is always, why did you move to New York? But we very definitively got that answer. Oh, yeah. But I would just in this little time frame, like to talk a bit about like, if you're okay with it, what you learned from 11 Madison Park, is it as much as everyone assumes that it was such a springboard for you and such a training place and very hard and rigid, but rewarding at the same time? Or correct me if I'm wrong. No, sure, 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 sure. So I definitely walked out a different person, right? I can speak to my personal experience and I will forever be grateful for everything about that place from the institution to the people that I worked with, to, you know, the ownership to Danny Meyer, to all the guests who came in, you know, and you gotta remember these restaurants have uh, just like any business have lifespans. So, um, they have highs and they have lulls. To me, 2011 to 2014 was an incredible high. Oh yeah. It was climbing the San Pellegrino ladder, which, you know, if you don't know, you know, anything about it, just the best way I can say is it's a ranking that we were passionate about climbing. So we had a goal and that goal was something we were pushing for every day, you know, and that there's something really intoxicating about that. You know, when you walk into a place like, uh, that's focused. It must've been like being in the locker room of any sort of championship team. Sure. You know, even when you're not there, you're thinking about it. In some ways, the best way I can encapsulate it is uh, Will Gadara and Daniel Holmes said, you know what, we're going to pay attention to the details and we're going to open our mind of what the details are and everything mattered, everything. So when you combine that perspective with like what Danny Myers setting the table, his famous book talks about excellence reflex. When you combine those two ideas, it becomes really next level OCD of we're paying attention to everything. (laughs) So it was great. Yeah, it was great. I think the we're paying attention to everything is definitely how 11 Madison Park came off to anyone who ever heard about it, that it was just utter perfectionism. And and, and the service was something, I mean, I never had the pleasure of eating there uh, in its previous iteration or now, to be honest. Uh, But, you know, that was something you constantly heard about was just like the service and this is it. And this is going to be the best night of your life. So it's great to know that that is exactly what everyone was striving for. And it sounds like it was that mission accomplished. And what was great about it too, is we really had kind of a carte blanche in terms of the dining room team to be very casual. In fact, we needed to be casual because everything about the place is so luxury, so fine dining. More often than not, the guest was way intimidated of us. Yeah. They were celebrating something. They just got engaged. They just wanted to celebrate and they wanted to make sure that they could have fun. And, you know, I think that speaks to kind of what seems like the zeitgeist of the moment in hospitality, which is really casual luxury. That's, you know, that's my phrase. You heard it here first. Casual luxury is <laughs> the thing everyone wants. Casual luxury. Okay. You heard it here first, folks. It's <laughs> casual luxury. It's hot right now and it's staying hot for a while. So that's what New York City has to look forward to. Well, considering 
the body of work you've done in this city <laughs> and that you've lived adjacent and in this city for a very long time. We have to ask you the most important question of the show, which is Corwin, what is the most fun you've ever had in New York City? So I'm going to get a little corny with this one, but it's going to actually be my wedding day, which wasn't too long ago. <gasps> oh my gosh, this is our first wedding day. Yeah, that was <laughs> so my wedding day. I'm so excited. And uh, don't get me wrong. Like I've had a lot of fun nights in New York City, a lot of involving restaurants and bars and alcohol. And unfortunately, I lose a lot of my memories the second I have a sip of alcohol. But (laughs) the memory that really was super fun was my wedding day. Yeah. Yeah. It was on recently. It was just a month and a half ago. It was on a Monday. And we had actually had the whole family the Friday earlier for lunch just to get like that done and out of the way because we had decided we were going to get married at City Hall. And we tell you, like when they say you get married at City Hall, it's really not City Hall. It's like a building across the street from City Hall. (laughs) We had the family on the Friday prior, right? We did the whole Via Carota lunch thing. It was awesome. (gasps) Oh my God. That's so fun. Mother's meeting. Yeah, it was super cool. And then we didn't have have to like deal with family things the day of. You can only bring in one guest. So we brought in uh, my wife's sister who lives in Brooklyn, which is her best friend, which was magical. Aww. But the whole process, the whole process is a lot of fun. We got there early 10 o'clock in the morning. And if you've never seen the space where you get married with everybody else in New York City, it's just this like huge room that kind of looks like the DMV, but everyone's dressed up in wedding gowns. There's <laughs> and, and there's all sorts of cultures. It is the epitome of New York City. There's the Orthodox Jews, there's there's Asian couples, there's there's like everything traditional yeah. you know and and there we are we've got you know our sister there and we're taking photos they have like a faux city hall photo board that you take pictures against it's it's great and then they call <laughs> your number <laughs> and, you go, and we're all giggles we're having fun because this is something we were looking forward to are you guys like dressed up or are you in kind of like just like a dress but or, or like a suit but not what were you in yeah yeah so i was wearing a suit she was wearing a dress okay because once we go like the dmv work, which is, you know, just a couple minutes, they take you back into a little chapel area and somebody, their witness, because you have to have two witnesses. So you have their witness and then her sister is witnessing. And she just gives you this like little, little thing. Do you take this man? You know, no. and they give rings, you kiss and that's that. And it's great. And it's something so like quick and easy and, and fun, but relaxing at the same time. Like, oh, I did it. And yeah. it was really no big deal, but everybody in New York city is doing it together. Mm-hmm. It was a blast. It was, it was a blast. You know, it wasn't like a, a big wedding in front of a church or any of those things. It was great. We walked out of there. We, we walked up to, to a hotel. We found the closest <laughs> blue bottle coffee, got some lattes. And your outfits, just like getting a coffee at blue bottle. Is there, is there like someone taking pictures? Is there like. Nah, we, we had her. <laughs> when they see your witness, what they mean is your free photographer. That's what they yeah. really do. <laughs> and then we, uh, so we got coffees and then we had lunch at the Odeon. <gasps> this is it. This is just like the perfect, this is so good. Yeah. If we're going to do it. We're going to do it right. You yes, know what I mean? Yes. Like I got, you know, a couple Aperol spritz in me. We have a great lunch, we come home, we take naps and then, you know, we have dinner at Carbone later on. Holy shit. You what? <laughs> well, look, this is incredible. No, <laughs> this is how we, this is how we do. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. This is incredible. We have to slow down. Hold up. We were, we're like, sure. we're, what did you eat at the Odeon? Like, we, just give me snippets. You had some Aperol spritzes. Did you sit at the bar? Did you sit at a table? No. So we were at the, we were at the table. So at the Odeon, I'm a classicist, so I'm always doing like a steak tartare. So I had a steak tartare and I had a Monte Cristo and I think she had an omelet. She was 
playing a classic that way. But and then Aperol spritzes. Oh, so cute. Okay, so then you you go home, you take a nap. You gotta take a nap. You always gotta power up. Very important thing. And then when you guys went to Carbone, did you change clothes? Did you stay in the same outfit? No, 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 no. We're keeping it all. We're keeping it as is. We're dressed for the day. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh, I love it. You gotta be fancy sometimes. So we uh, went to Carbone, had a wonderful time. Spicy rigatoni. The meatballs, uh-huh. the holy trinity, you know, pork, veal, beef. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Pricey, but delicious, you know, and it's it's cool. It's it's cool space. They do it really well. And I like that, like, uh, you know, it's not Italian. It's Italian-American kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then we swung over to a uh, jazz club. We went over to the Jenga. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which, and- if you haven't been to the Rockford Hotel. Yeah. So one of my uh, brief stints was as the uh, manager there. Uh, so we went there and had, and had a great night enjoying jazz. And it, it was a day, to say the least. At that point, I was, I was way intoxicated, <laughs> but it would have been a great day minus all that. <laughs> I love this so much. I'm like, I'm laughing. I'm crying. I'm like all of it. Um, I happen to be married in New York City as well. So I very much personally know the feeling. But man, you guys did it up. You like did all the it's incredible. Yeah. And we, you know, and we have that shared connection. My wife doesn't work in restaurants. She did for a little while as a bartender, but she's an avid, you know, she's a cook. She loves paying attention to restaurants. And, and frankly, you know, to be in the restaurant space, you need somebody who's like in love with that culture. Otherwise it just doesn't work out because the hours are, you know, janky and it's challenging in that regards. And, you know, when your idea of a night out is, oh, let's go dining. That's not everybody's passion and it is mine and it is hers. So that's what we did. Oh my God. I love it. The whole thing just sounds so fucking fun. It just sounds like the perfect New York day. It just, I mean, I'm sure also there's just like this whole romantic element that's very personal to the two of you. We don't have to get into it, but you know, being there and just hitting all the hot spots and spending a long time together. And I have to say, as a quick anecdote, my husband and I went to City Hall to just get the paperwork. We didn't get married in City Hall, but we, and, and I will, I will tell anyone who will listen to me, the energy of that room. Oh yeah. I, is exactly what you're describing. So it's so fun to hear you talk about it and to know that it wasn't just me, but like I was in there and I was like, that room is the city of New York. Exactly how you're describing it of just everyone being there, but everyone's so happy because it's all for like a good reason. And I I had told my husband, I'm like, man, if I ever have a bad day, I'm coming back here. Like, I just want to be in this room. Well, and I think the room is filled with people who like love New York City. That's why they're there. And you know, like where you're willing to, start a family, right? You got to love it because you love the person and we're going to have a child and you got to love the place that you're doing it in. And you got to love it, love the people that are around you and all of it. So it's like a room filled with people who are passionate New Yorkers and love it and are starting with the families. They're not people leaving town, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and people are hopeful. It's a, it's a place of hope. You're totally right. You're, I mean, I love this story so much. You, you've hit the nail on the head. It's a wonderful story. It's a fun story. It's a lovely story. It is an exceptionally New York story. And I'm so happy and grateful that you shared it with me and lucky that you shared it with me. Yeah, So, so good. And now I have to ask you the last question of the show after that high. Um, but that is, what's your favorite thing about New York? I think what I love about New York is that it's boundless and it'll give you back whatever you give it in a way, in the sense that you put in just a little bit of effort to find something, you know, you'll find it. It's like my mom used to say this, if you're bored, it's because you're boring. New York makes that manifest. You know, if you're bored, it's because you're boring. It's because you're just not putting in the work to just look around you from the museums to Central Park to the restaurants to frankly, your neighbors. Yeah. New York City is great because whoever is listening to this, if they live in New York City, it's because they live there. It's the listeners. It's you. It's me. It's my wife. 
that's the thing that's great about New York City. And the people that live here are infinitely more interesting than we tend to give them credit to. And we should, you know, that's the thing. I have to agree with you. I think it's a perfect answer. Uh, it's why we're doing this show. Everyone, if you're hearing this, go out, do the possibilities. Don't be bored. Meet your neighbors. Have some fun. Do it all. See if you can get a reservation at Carbo. Uh, <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And thank you so much for sharing that very personal and truly lovely, fun story. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. So fun. Most of all, thanks, New York. They had fun. 